Hi guys and welcome to another podcast by myself. Um, this podcast this time is going to be a little bit different than last time. Um, definitely not a storybook, um, but I do hope that you liked my last one. This one is more focused upon health and it's super important, I feel, to be able to get this out um, as it is very well overlooked. There are a lot of health conditions. Um, no one should have to feel that, you know, their health condition is somehow you know less important than the next um and i think that's a huge thing today but this um is not very well known and i just want to share my story and so that's what i will do okay so one day i mean prior to this i i had been suffering from what I thought, what I believed, truly believed, was just a really bad tummy bug. Um, I had been to the point where I was having to wear incontinence diapers um, because literally I could not stop. Um, it was, it was, it got that bad. That's how bad it was. Um, anyway. Um, my aunt, um, she suggested that I should go to the hospital. She was very worried about me. Um, so we went up to the hospital and um, they did some tests and they kind of didn't at the time see anything much the matter as far as I can recall. Um, they did say that I could stay in for observation but I think that at the time was more of like just a standard protocol for them to say. Um, however, I just, I do want to point out that at that stage I was extremely, extremely sick and I don't feel that I had the best kind of intake to, to kind of like be like, okay, this is happening sort of thing. Um, I remember bits and pieces, but I can't say for sure that my memory is that clear because you know of how sick I really was so anyway from what I remember yeah they said that I could stay in for observation but basically that they thought that I was still safe to go home if needed and to just rest and come back if I felt like I needed to which at the time I was just happy to go out um and go home to my beautiful cat Pearl. Um, she was my everything. Um, and I think we can all relate to that. Like, I don't think anyone really likes to stay in the hospital, you know? I mean, no one really wants to be there unless, you know, they're getting help, obviously. So um, I jumped at that chance at the time. Um, because for all, for, you know, at the time, that's that's all. I was just like, oh, okay, well, hopefully this will just pass then, you know. Um, so the next day, or maybe the the day after the next day, um, I I was doing really poorly. Um, it was not getting any better. In fact, it was feeling much worse. Um, I did call my aunt and told her this, 
and I wasn't really sure what to do. Um, I don't remember exactly word for word from what she said, but I do know that she took me straight up to the hospital. She she was very worried. I was very worried. We didn't know what was going on. So um, we get up there and this is when my mind is like, really not the best because at this point I didn't realize it but I was near death um I get in there and then they do a I think it, I, I believe it was like an enema or something um I don't know I do know that they performed a bunch of tests and this time it was more thorough um and I was getting worse and worse and worse and worse basically as I was in there um and um I just remember the last thing I remember is just being really really sleepy and really really unwell um and that was most likely because I was what I believe on the brink of death from what I've been told um <clears throat> excuse me and so yeah um next thing I wake up in a hospital bed obviously I already knew I was at the hospital um but I wake up in the hospital in some ward um and I find out that I had a colostomy bag attached to me um, if no one knows what a colostomy bag is, um, to be fair, I thought that this was something that only happened to older people because of, you know, incontinence. So, <clears throat> basically what a colostomy bag is, is, um, first they're formed a stoma, which is basically part of your intestine. Um, and it kind of hangs out. Some people, it's their belly. Some, it's like the side. It just depends on where the colostomy bag and the stoma goes. Um, but for me, it was attached to my belly button. Um, which sucks for me because, I, I mean, I wasn't thinking this at the time, obviously, but I was... You know, I thought this after I was getting better. I was like, oh, damn, there goes my belly button. Um, because I previously to that had um, belly button piercing. I had, you know, I, w I loved that piercing. Um, so, yeah, but, um, yeah, I ended up, you know, I felt like, I don't know if I screamed or what. I probably cried I know I would have cried or something um but the the thing that's on my stomach now it it was like what the actual hell has happened to me um I felt absolutely dreadful I felt so sick um but you know previously I was already sick but you know not knowing what the heck is going on is a really scary feeling I mean I was you know this 
is a young person. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm still young or so I'm told. But I was like 20, mid, mid, early 20s or something. Um, it was only like four or five years ago. So I'm 30 now. So um, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I would have been 24 basically. And that's, that's young to end up, you know, with that. And I was always told that going through. Um, I, so anyway, I was, I was laying there, I, 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 I really scared my aunt, um, and I really, I do feel bad that she had to go through that process. She felt alone in the process, um, simply because I didn't really have anyone else. Um, my father is an abuser, um. So I have, like, a protection order against him, and rightfully so. There was no way I was going to allow him to see me. Um, my mother, I didn't want to see. I really didn't. I didn't want to see her. Um, however, having said that, it's one thing for me to say that I didn't want to see her, but at the same time... She didn't want to get on a plane. I found this out later on. She didn't want to get on a plane to see me, even though she knew I was dying and 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 how sick I really was. She didn't want to do it. Um. And that that was heartbreaking, really, because even though I know what I said, it's just the fact that she didn't. You know what I mean? Anyway, so. I felt bad, I still do feel bad for my aunt um, having to go through it alone because I didn't have my parents um, and my uncle worked away a lot, which isn't his fault, but you know, he he wasn't there as much and so she's basically doing it on her own um, and it's a sad thing, but this is what happens, yeah? when you have, you know, a really bad family um, and you don't have the same support networks as other people have. So the pressure goes on to either you or the one person that is there or both really because I felt it. Um, anyway, I... Um, after that, I was starting to get really very um, unwell, even more so. Um, I was stable, but I wasn't getting enough blood. And they wanted to give me a blood transfusion. However, at the time, I was a Jehovah's Witness. And as a Jehovah's Witness, they don't believe in the use of blood. So not only was I very, very ill, but I felt like I was on the verge of this extremely hard decision when I was like seriously unwell and not within the right, you know, frame of mind to have to deal with something else on top of what I was already dealing with. However, so yeah, um, I was crying a lot trying to make this, you know, it's a huge decision. 
I mean, I thought it was at the time. I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? If I don't accept this, then there's a very good possibility that I could die. But if I do accept this, then, you know, I'm going against everything that I believed in at the time. Um, at the, and so at the end, what I got was called fractions, which is like a tiny little bit of plasma or blood, um, but not a proper transfusion. So it's kind of like Jehovah's Witnesses can look past that. And I only know that because they are at the hospital. So they have like, as you would have ministers or whatever that go to the hospitals, they had their own version. Um, and they were talking me through it and stuff. Um, and they suggested, they suggested fractions. But, um, so that, yeah, I got the fractions and I also got, like, iron transfusions. I tell you, as soon as the iron transfusion went through, I started to feel really, really good. Like, really good. Well, I mean, not really, really good, but, like, good in the sense of I felt a bit, a much more better than I was previously, but still obviously not well. Anyway, um... Having to deal with that, <laughs> and then um, I was constantly always throwing up, and you know, like having having issues with my stoma. Um, they have stoma nurses, and they're great. I can really recommend one that is so beautiful, so caring. Um, and basically they they tell you how tell you and show you how to take care of the colostomy bag and the stoma um and i literally i wanted <clears throat> i was in the frame of mind where in the frame <clears throat> excuse me sorry clear my throat sorry about that <laughs> in the frame of mind that I didn't want anything to do with it. I knew that it was attached to my body. I knew that it was serving a purpose. But at that time, I wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. So I had, you know, the stoma nurses and um, the regular nurses, you know, helping me to take care of this thing that's attached to my body. <laughs> um... And basically, you know, they take the bag off and they clean around, you know, the wound area um, and they, like, just try and clean up the mess and then put on a new bag, which is more difficult than you would probably think. <laughs> um, there's a lot of different things that you have to get to put to put on it like it's not just like you put a bag on and that's it there's like so much to it literally it would take you like maybe if 30 30 minutes to an hour it would take me to get it all finished and done um but I, I suppose there are people who you know can do it quicker but it depends for everyone it's always different but yes at that time um I 
was not COVID. I really wasn't. Um, and my depression, it just got out of control. So I think, um, I'm under the impression that I stayed in there longer than I, than, you know, was thought of staying in there. Um, but I was having many issues and, you know, obviously that's not my fault. Um, although I felt like it because I was made at one point to feel like it was my fault. And I think this is a very important thing to say, to be honest. Something that I get really angry with, um, when I think about it. I was very sick, laying there every day, really depressed, in, in such, such a bad place. Um... I'm not going to say their name, but I got, I got visited, um, by someone who I love dearly and care about dearly. And basically I knew how upset they were and how much they had gone through and had to deal with, you know? Um, but at the time we were under the assumption that I had um, ulcerative colitis um, which didn't turn out to be the fact but that at the time is what we were under the assumption that it was. Um, So no, Um, I I remember distinctly one day, um, I think it was around night time or something, they were visiting me and they were kind of like getting angry at me um, because at the time I was vegan and the vegan diet was not helping me and I had to make yet another life-changing, in my view, life-changing decision because, you know, the practitioners, everyone, like they were saying, like, you have to, you're going to have to try and eat meat, like, you're going to have to because... You know, you're not getting enough iron, you're not getting enough, you know, nutrients and stuff. So I had to make that choice as well, which I ended up doing. I cried. I cried so much having to make that decision. But that's that's not entirely in, irrelevant to what I was saying, but um, I'm getting there. Promise. <sighs> okay, so... They basically, I felt like they were just like going off at me, blaming me, basically blaming me for being in, in that position, for getting sick, like saying that if I had treated myself better, that I wouldn't have been in this. Now, I'm not saying it's their words. I'm not saying that. I don't remember exactly what words they did use, but it was definitely like that. They were upset. And I get that. But I was really, really sick. Near death. Constantly. And to have to listen to someone, especially someone that you love, like telling you, oh, you know, you should take better care of your body and, and, and you know, this is why you're in here and, and all this, you know, rubbish. And you're having to hear it from someone that you love so much. It's heartbreaking. It truly is. 
and I cried myself to sleep that night um and I I was you know crying the next day like the impact that that had upon me was awful I was already going through enough I didn't have to hear that you know I have hardly any people in my life that I love and care about and and that just yeah was awful um so that happened as well (laughs) and then um eventually I get out of the hospital yep and then I have to you know deal with this thing attached to my body on my own um and you know I had my own like trolley full of stoma supplies and if you're in America yeah I'm just saying if you're in America or England or whatever and you have to pay for it like we in Australia are fairly lucky um you get a certain amount of supplies um a month but if you if you need more supplies sometimes you will have to pay for it um but I think you pay like for the supplies that you get you pay I think it was 40 or 50 but you get like you get a lot and at the time I needed it a lot too because for me um my stoma was unusual okay it was like everyday hell um because my stoma sat directly onto my skin it it didn't go properly into the bag so my you know feces went onto my skin as well as into the bag so there was obviously not I couldn't wipe it because there's the bag um it was hell and I was crying all the time I was in such pain I was had the worst rashes you would not believe um and then I was having problems with my bag leaking um, because of the stoma, it's, you know, the feces covered my skin so much that it, um, tore away at the, the bag and the cover, um, that was attached to the bag to keep it on my skin. Um, so I was constantly having to, to do changes and stuff and it was just awful and I felt like, of living in hell basically um but you know um eventually I worked up like a humor um you hear it a lot too um especially with people who are you know ill like that you have to because if you don't work up that humor base your mental health really does suffer Luckily for me, when I was in hospital and I was in that really dark place, I was able to change um, to a different antidepressant and I started taking it once I got out of the hospital and I swear this is the best antidepressant I have ever been on and I still am on. Um, I refuse to change because I don't notice any severe side effects um apart from when I stop taking it then I do then I really really do but um yeah I've tried so many different antidepressants in the past and they've done you know bugger all for me really but this one does 
so I'm glad to be on it. Sad that it took an incident like that to to push that, but I obviously didn't need it. Um, so yeah, but um, yeah. Um, anyway, after a certain amount of time, um, people who have um, who have been in the hospital, etc., with that, um, they go for a follow up. So I went for my follow-up and I learned, um, as did my aunt, we both learned that in fact it wasn't ulcerative colitis at all. It um, happened to be a lack of blood flow to my colon causing my colon to die. Um, they told me they didn't know why. Um, why it happened they still don't know um which is really worrying for me to be honest because how, how do i know that it won't happen again you know um <clears throat> to another organ because i also found out that not only do i not have ulcerative colitis not only did um not only did they um tell me that the blood was causing my colon to die but they told me they removed the whole colon whereas I thought they had removed a part but no they removed the entire colon and also my rectum um so I'm like oh my god like I was in shock I was like what the hell is going on and and it's it's ridiculous that you don't find out this information like when you were there like you know what the heck that was like a serious serious thing that went wrong and it's just like speaks volumes of the healthcare system really it does understaffed and overlooked um and it's not the nurse's fault or anything like that it's just that everyone is just so busy that this stuff gets by and it really is bad it shouldn't be happening so <clears throat> I found out that <laughs> and what they what they said they do is a procedure um, to basically reverse the bag so they reverse um, the stoma and instead of it being on the outside it goes back inside um, and so like they put that that bit of organ that hangs outside that goes into the bag. They put it back in. It's so hard to explain this. Um, I'm doing my best though. They put it back in and they attach it to what's left basically of, um, I don't know if I call it my anal canal or something, but basically they attach it to it um, and then yeah then I don't have to worry about the bag however I don't have a belly button they did their best with making it look kind of okay you know but I don't have a belly button and not only that but the shit side of it is literally and figuratively is that not only that but I now have to live with diarrhea 
And I don't mean just, you know, diarrhea on and off. I mean, like, every day I have it. I am unable to eat certain foods anymore. Um, I have a limited diet because, like, a lot of stuff I just can't eat. I can't obtain nutrients um, because, obviously, you know, once you eat, like, people think, oh, well, if you just eat veggies or whatever, but no, it's not, and even some veggies make it really worse on me, um, on my, um, on my body and the effects that happen, um, <clears throat> which sucks for me. I used to love broccoli until it started to really harm me, um, and so, yeah, I... I couldn't absorb nutrients because they were just going straight back out. Um, and so you have to kind of like be careful about what you eat um, to avoid certain foods and such. And you have to kind of try and keep up with fiber. So a lot of pasta and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> which is no problem for me because I love pasta. But still, at the same time, it's kind of, like, annoying. Um, and so... Sorry, I keep saying that a lot. That's just my way of speaking. I can't absorb nutrients, and I have constant diarrhea. You can go up to... The standard amount per day is... Of going back and forth to the toilet is about think they say up to eight times a day um however if I'm having like a really really bad day um I'll go way more than that maybe up to 10 um there's a certain time and then you just stop counting you know but um on the really bad days they are horrendous I had those recently I had like the worst um, which I'm still trying to overcome from, I, um, when it's that bad, it will literally tear at the skin, it will cause you to bleed, it will, you know, it will impact you. I was in the bathroom for over an hour in one sitting, basically, and I was there, and, you know, my legs were falling asleep, I, you know, my back was killing me from having to sit there, my bum obviously was killing me from having to sit on the toilet as well as you know what was going on down there um it literally felt as if I was being ripped open and apart that's the only way I can explain it I'm sorry to be graphic but that's how it felt um yeah I felt like I was being ripped apart at the seams um even though I know technically it's not really the case that is how it feels and then you end up with baby rash um, due to, you know, it going down and, and just, you know, staying and sticking onto the skin. And I mean, I have to deal with a lot of this stuff um, and it's hard, uh, you know, because people don't see it. Um, and that's that's one of my mo my most annoying things about about life you know like i know it's not 
really people's fault, but it annoys me because people will think that I'm not unwell when I am. Um, there are times when I can't go outside because I, you know, not only with my mental health, but because I literally don't know if anywhere I go is going to have a bathroom and that's the kind of thing I have to pay close attention to these days. Um, I'm, I hate having to do that. It's, you know, it's embarrassing. Um, I've had times when I've gone out to the shops and I've had accidents. Um, I never know when it's going to happen. Um, and sometimes, you know, I won't even know when it's happening. And sometimes if it gets super bad, I have to wear those, um, those diapers like I did in the very beginning. So even though I no longer have a colostomy bag, I still deal with like the ramifications of what I have to deal with. Um, sometimes I feel like it would have been better if I did have the bag because then people would be able to see it and I, um, you know, but you know, it caused me problems anyway. Um, it was you know, causing me rashes and stuff anyway with the bag because of how my stoma was placed. So it's just difficult, I guess, on many levels. So it frustrates me a lot, but also it's a misconception because people think like me. Some people don't even know about what, you know, colostomy bags are or whatever. Like, they don't get it. Um, and I've had to explain to quite a lot of people about them. Um, and then some people will be like, oh my god, that's what old people have. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. But there are a lot of younger people who have it too. Like, it's just unimaginable. And it's affected my entire life. Like, it, it just has. These impacts are ridiculous. And I just want to point out, this was not my fault. It took a very long time for me to be able to accept that due to what happened, um, due to what I was told, due to a lot of things really, but now I know that it was not my fault, absolutely not my fault. I went through something horrendous and horrific which I don't wish upon anyone really, except maybe my father. But I had to go through that and endure that and it was horrendous and I deal with it every single day. And, you know, it, got, it gets overlooked within society. And also, not only that, but people don't want to talk about it. And I was criticised a lot of the time because I would post photos when I did have my bag. I would post photos of me on Insta with my bag and then people would be, like, criticising me for posting a photo of me with my bag. Like, you didn't see what's in, what was in the bag. It was just me with my stoma bag. You know, there's been people who have killed themselves because they were getting teased in school. I remember this young boy in the news. He was getting teased. He was only 11 and he was getting teased. He killed himself because people were picking on him about his stoma bag. And after that, after I read that article, I started going out and in mini skirts and tops um, and showing off my, my stoma bag because more people need to be accepting of it. It's not like you're going around showing them like 
the actual thing that's inside it. So people need to be more accepting and I'm so over it, you know. Um, hopefully this reaches people and people can, you know, listen to this and, and try and get some sort of understanding, I hope. Not only that, I hope that the people who have to deal with this every single day know that I support you, I'm with you, um, and please feel free to, you know, reach out to me and chat if you want to. I know it's a scary thing and some people are quite new to it. Um, so if you ever need to chat or anything, I am here. Um, yeah, so that's my long kind of podcast for today. Um, I hope it wasn't too graphic for you guys, um, but I feel like this is something that needs to be talked about more. And yeah, so that's what I've done. <laughs> Um, it was really, it, it was a seriously hard struggle for me to go through and, I, and, and that I still go through, you know. There are times where I'm, I'm sitting there in the bathroom and I, I cry. I cry so hard and then I feel like screaming. I feel like absolutely screaming. There are times when I've torn out hair on my head. I've, you know, wanted to punch something, you know. It's, it's really unpleasant. Like, I don't. It's just unpleasant. It really is. But that's just that's just part of my story. I live every day now to try and make humor of situations like these and just try and breathe and and get past them and move towards another day or another time. Um so yeah. I hope all of you are well. <laughs> or as well as you can be and please feel free to follow me or whatever and if you can share this because I think this one especially this podcast should be spread um, to show the awareness of what this is all about it's not just about my story it's about you know creating awareness for people like me so hopefully you know you guys can share it for me on my behalf Okay, well, thank you for tuning in, whoever has, um, and yeah, thank you.